You're listening to Police, the podcast from the Police Federation of England and Wales. To find out more, visit polfed.org. You can listen and download our podcasts via most podcast platforms. Simply search for Police, the podcast from the Police Federation of England and Wales. Hello and welcome to this edition of Police, the podcast from the Police Federation of England and Wales. And in this episode, we sat down with our national chair, Steve Hartson, to talk about pay, conditions, morale and pensions. For those listeners who aren't familiar with Steve and his background, we started by asking him to introduce himself and tell us why he thinks podcasts such as this one are so important. I'm Steve Hartson. I'm the chair of the Police Federation of England and Wales. My background in policing over the last 28 years is I started as a response officer for the first 10 years, um, doing early to late nights and all things that you would expect a, a, a police officer to be doing. I then moved on to the Specialist Farm Command in the Metropolitan Police on the armed response vehicles from 2005. I left there in 2018 to become a national board member with the Police Federation of England Wales. I took over the firearms and taser portfolios and then decided to stand for chair in 2022. For me, the podcast, it's a really good way to for me to be able to articulate properly, perhaps more so than I can in the standard interview that I might do on radio or the television. Because as most people know in the media world, you, you perhaps have a, a challenge to get maybe two or three headline points in and then the questions move on to the next point. So whereas with a podcast, you can just expand on things. You can go a little bit deeper. You can help to, to delve around the fringes where and get a bit more detail, which will hopefully give some more understanding to the listeners about the things we do, why they do it, some of the issues that we have. And for, for me, podcasts are vital. They give you a, a lot of deeper understanding. In June 2023, we received the Employment Tribunal's judgment of the police pension discrimination claim brought against PFU and led by Lee Day solicitors. The Employment Tribunal ruled in favour of the claimants on a number of points. This issue is of critical importance to our members, so we asked Steve for his thoughts on the judgment and also how the Federation will move forward proactively on behalf of the membership. For me, having read the judgment when it first came out, it was extremely critical of PFEW in its current form. I think it's important to relay to the listeners that some of these processes started in 2012 when many of us just weren't around at the National Board. So decisions were made in the past and the judgment has found that there was issues with some of the decisions and behaviours that were made. Um, and it was difficult, you know, just found that discrimination was was found against some members. We absolutely listen to that. We hear it. And it, it was painful. You know, we were all affected by decisions made by the government and by the Federation, how the pension changes took place and indeed what some of our forebears did. And it's incumbent on anyone in a position of leadership that when things have happened, you do take ownership of it. And obviously there was a period of time where we, we had to consider how we took ownership of that because you need to review it properly legally because we have a duty to the Police Federation of England whilst to our members to make sure we can continue with the daily business as well as dealing with the issues that have been found against us. And if we make a, a rash or unhurried decision, that could have a huge knock-on effect on to continuing business as usual to look after the members. So yes, it's important to own it. Um, and I will stress that for you know, many people that... Those that know me will realise I was part of the original pension challenge when it took place. So I'm heavily invested to make sure we get this absolutely right. There aren't you know, too many people left in the service that weren't affected by the pension challenges that the government decided to change the pension anyway. Um, that was found to be discriminatory regardless of 
of how things took place with the federation and now fault has been found with decisions made so yeah we've got to get behind it um, you know we have issued a full and unreserved apology we've accepted the judgment finding and we are not appealing the decision now so now we have to move forward in what that looks like set against keeping the business going to represent the members we're also doing a, a backward review to find out exactly what happened how it happened why to make sure that we have things in place to ensure that no one person can act independently to make decisions. You know, if legal advice comes in, we want to make sure it gets looked at. Also, we get a good consensus of opinion. Any business will also say you don't look backwards all the time. You have to look forward. You've always got to be forward planning. And the lessons we learned from that is to make sure we've got the structures, the processes, the policies in place to make sure that those things don't happen again. But also those of us that are here at the moment and, and our successors have things in place, training, education, development, align ourselves to good people in the business community to see how they run a business to make sure that we have those things in place that are a good foundation that whoever takes over from me in the future whoever takes over from the national secretary's office or those national board members they've got a really good solid foundation to understand what it means to be a federation rep so we cannot repeat those mistakes again we have to look at how we reposition the federation the police federation of england and wales in terms of our stakeholder engagement to make sure that we are fit for purpose. We we need to get back to understand that there is trust and confidence with the members. And I will always engage with members if they want to speak to me, you know, face to face. Again, at the back of this, there's 140,000 police officers that we represent that we have to be there for to make sure they've got the very best service and protections. And if you speak to those officers, I think you'll find the overwhelming majority will say when they've engaged with the Federation, had our services, avail themselves of advice and the Federation that's locally and nationally, they get a really good service. You know, if if you look at some of the claims we've had, we've managed to claw back over twelve and a half million pounds worth of overtime for members. That's work done by federation reps and our solicitors to make sure the chief constables pay them properly. Year to date, at the moment, we've had just under five thousand claims, I believe, that have come in. That's from members that we're dealing with. That's a lot of members that are reaching out to get help. We're also looking there to support victims and witnesses that come forward now on the back of some heinous crimes where our members have been victims by police officers. We're looking to see what more we can do in that space. So there's lots going on at the Federation. Um, I think we are fit for purpose. We do have relevance. Some of our detractors will disagree massively. I understand that. But actually, a lot of people, once you're working with the Federation, see what we do. They like the service we provide. And my job working with the current team is to make sure that we are there for the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years. You're listening to Police, the podcast from the Police Federation of England and Wales. National Chair Steve Hartshorn has been telling us more about the work of the PFU on behalf of its members. We also asked Steve for his thoughts on the 2023 government announcement of a 7% pay rise for police officers. For me, the 7% was a good starting point um, and we recognised it, it was one of the high awards which ourselves and the prison officers received. Um, for me, it doesn't take into account the unique restrictions on the, the lives, the working lives and personal lives of police officers. Part of the work we do going forward is always to try and get the best pay that we can. Bearing in mind that on the even if we're in the pay remuneration review body, we only have a an invite to sit there and provide our evidence. We have no right to challenge the pay award that police officers have. It's imposed by the government. For us then, it's about the reparation to try and get the pay award back for the money that is effectively missing since the year 2000, because we are behind. We know when you join the job that has unique restrictions and impositions on your private life, but on the understanding you do get treated and looked after because at any one point in time when you're out and about dealing with the public, you face an increased risk of assault. 
be it physically, mentally, that repeat day in, day out, it has an effect. And you only have a limited shelf life as a fully operational police officer before it takes an effect on you. So you then might want to sort of become non-operational, move into uh, another type of work. But again, there's still unique pressures, the workload, because of the loss of police officers over the last 10 years, even though there's been an uplift to give us the 20,000, they were taken away. That increases the workload exponentially on colleagues that are left behind. By the latest figures, we're 9,000 police officers losing them annually. If that continues, that's going to be a national uplift every single year just to maintain those police officer numbers. And I'd argue that policing is unique. You need experience. You can come in the job. It takes you a good two, three, four, five years sometimes before you get fully immersed and grounded in being a police officer. So there's work to do there to make sure that the pay is sufficient to attract the right people into policing, but also to retain them into policing. Because if you don't, then we're going to lose them. We're losing to the private sector. And ultimately, you know, what we'd like to see is we need to push for collective bargaining or some kind of binding arbitration processes to make sure that whatever the the pay bodies decide collectively for whoever it is, it would be nice if the Police Federation of England and Wales had similar rights to say, we disagree with that and here's why. We think we're worth more. I would argue every single day that the job our police officers do up and down the country in England and Wales, it's difficult, it's hard, it doesn't get valued as much. The government knows the cost of everything as to chief constables, but I worry they don't know the value of what we do. And if you look at our recent Bravery Award, which highlighted, you know, 90 nominees from across the country that came down to the Bravery Awards, that really showed, I think, to the government and those people present exactly what we do day in, day out. And that is just a, a one day snapshot, which happens every single day. We also asked Steve for his thoughts on how the work and representation of the Police Federation is seen by the general public. And Steve once again called for a complete rethink on how the police service is funded nationally especially important given the cost of living crisis that is affecting so many families at this time. You look at the funding criteria for policing, it seems to be a bit of a boom and bust approach. What we'd ideally like is I want the central government to pay for everything in policing. I want to remove what we call the postcode lottery. I think when you look at local PCC that have to raise the precept, some do it by 2-3%. I think some are at high as 34%. That means that as well as the members of the public paying their taxes, they're also paying a higher community tax um, towards policing. That's unforgivable. If you're in a, a very rich area, that's quite easy to do. If you're in a more impoverished area, for want of a better term, then other people are paying for a service that should be provided. You can only take money from people that have it. If you can't, they can't pay the bills. That's wrong. That then must affect the quality of service that you can provide locally and nationally, you know, and there's times when you look at some of the initiatives that are taking place across the country, if they could be funded properly, yes, we're there to investigate, detect crime, but we also have a job to prevent crime. And if you can prevent more crime from taking place, you then stop other cases going into the criminal justice system. You help with the prison population, you help with repeat offending, and it's about taking it back to the basics and give us a proper long-term funding strategy, not dissimilar to what the NHS have, I'd call for a minimum five-year funding strategy, personally, as a bare minimum, so you know what you can invest in. You can give police officers proper training. For me, I'd like to have protected learning time every single year, at least once, maybe twice, to updates on policy, processes, what the law says, you know, and these things you want to push for to make sure they do get that time to learn and reflect properly. It's also about building back public confidence massively because there's something to be said for back to basics. But what does that mean? It means police officers on the ground, walking, talking to the members of the public, not just in response to crime. 
let's get there for the the casual conversation in the high street have a chat with them go and see people on duty in the uniform have a conversation so you become familiar you know you look at events over recent years when terror attacks were taking place in airports were highlighted and you see armed cops there's a big shock value armed cops very military view at the airport now you walk through it's daily business you see them people engage with them get the photographs taken it's become normalized um, it's sad that it's normalized having to have armed cops at airports however that's the reality we live in i'd like to get back where the communities the neighborhoods they know who their local police are properly so that they see them with regularity accepting as well that you know the culture's changed we have a far bigger nighttime economy taking place now so traditionally things might get quiet at eight nine at night they're not getting quiet now till one two three in the morning if ever there is a 24 7 culture out there across the country which needs to be addressed is the right level of policing do we have the right numbers you know we represent 140,000. there's about 150,000 cops in total across the country for more ranks is that enough i'd argue not i think there should be far more so you have that ability to flex at time of need, do with the 999 calls, more detectives, give them the ability and the time to progress the investigation properly so we can get more prosecutions. Also, have, you know, police officers available for more of the community events, neighbourhoods. We're always told that that is the heart of the community. Let's reinvest in it properly. Let's have police officers that are there uniquely to do that job and maybe make it a, a rotation effect that you do some response work, you do neighbourhood work, do communities, do a detective portfolio um, assignment, get really good rounded cops how it used to be. And it perhaps it is swinging the lamp a little bit, looking back over the last 28, 30 years of my policing career. But if you get police officers doing that with a community, we know it works. We'd like to express our thanks to Steve for taking the time to chat with us on these issues. And we look forward to bringing you more interviews from Steve and the National Board in the coming weeks and months. Thanks for listening. Thanks very much for listening. To find out more, visit polfed.org or email podcast at polfed.org. This podcast is brought to you by the Police Federation of England and Wales. Have your say. Contact us via most social media platforms. Simply search for Police Federation of England and Wales. If there's an issue you'd like us to feature, then email us via podcast at polfed.org.